0: Good morning, everyone. If you're, if you're giving, don't let us stop you. You crack on. What we would love to get to, is anyone seen um & Saturday Night Takeaway? Who's seen that? Yeah, okay, a few of you have seen that. So apparently, um, if I could just come down in volume very slightly, it'd be great. I feel like I'm ringing. Um, thank you. Uh, apparently, 8.22... Or something, it's supposed to be the happiest minute of the week, scientists have discovered. I don't know. So what they do is they go crazy for that one minute, Anton Deck, and they have lights going and and they give away to people um, like places on the plane for an amazing holiday or something. So they go crazy in that minute. And I said to Chris, I am really looking forward this Chris, I'm really looking forward to the time when at Numa Church we announce That it's time to do our giving, and the lights go, and the music plays, and people are like, Happiest Mini of the week! I can't wait to give. I already give by standing order, but I can't wait to go give more. Woo! Like that. And it's partying, we give stuff away. Wouldn't that be amazing? Instead, as we give Jesus our best gift, I'm convinced that I am. Yes. Anyway, uh, I am Chris Kimmins, and together with Nick, who's upstairs, um, we are two of the pastors here. And do our best to lead this place. Um, So it's lovely to see you, particularly if it's your very first time. Thanks. So we are working through... I didn't actually bring my culture journal. Why did I not bring it? Yeah, I know. Anyway, we're working through our culture journal. um, And we are... uh, Let me just quickly explain. We always just try and say this to people. Wow, not that one. Yeah, hopefully it'll... That's not what I've got. I've got a load of slides missing. Hang on. Oh, I've got a slide. I've got some slides you haven't got. So I'm just looking at them up here. Excuse just you can talk about yourselves a minute. That's not in the right place. Yeah, I'll, I'll make it up, don't worry. Or I'll do the talk in that order, because that would be fun. Yeah, let's just see how we get on. Anyway, so uh, there's a whole slide literally missing, and then the others have jumbled up. Woo! So, culture is, um, we describe culture as the environment that we tend to, that we look after, because we're trying to grow a certain thing. Think greenhouse, think plants, gardening. If you want to grow certain things, you have to put it in certain soil. Now, here's a little, little fact that I do know about gardening, because what I know about gardening If I wrote it on a postage stamp, it'd be a waste of three-quarters of a postage stamp, right? But I do know that azaleas have to be planted in ericaceous compost. You are welcome. If you didn't know that, put it in your journal. That's That's a fact. So I gather if you don't put azaleas in ericaceous compost, they don't grow properly. So what we do, we describe our culture as... We try and create the right environment to get the things that we want to grow to grow. Hopefully, that makes some sense to you. Let's just see what slide is next. Oh, here we go. This is where we are up to. So all the grey ones we've already done, um, and I'm not going to read them out. So for the sake of the podcast, I'm going to keep you guessing if you're on the podcast and you're listening to this. But all the grey ones are done. And uh, the white ones are yet to be done. And the red one is today's. All are invited. So here are the statements for all are invited. And sometimes we get people up. You've been up and down quite a bit today. So I will will read them out to you. So here we are. All are invited. We love, as Numa Church, to invite people to partner with us in achieving our aims, irrespective of their level of experience, expertise, or background. We believe everyone has a part to play in God's story for our city, our locale, our town, our region. We are a family that embraces the value that you can belong without having to believe. We love to create spaces for people of all faiths or none to do life with us and join the adventure God has set before us. And lastly... We believe that men, women and children all have great significance in God's family and we don't judge a person's ability or potential for bringing God's best on the basis of their age, race or gender. That is really good. (coughs) So I would encourage some of you, I'm just going to pause, all are invited. I would encourage some of you to... um, Those of you that are British, I'd encourage you to lose some of your Britishness. And some of you that aren't British and you are more naturally, uh, you express yourself, then please encourage the rest of us. Because you believe in your heart and then it comes out of your mouth. That's what the Bible says, right? So if you believe something in here, it will come out of there. I always know that. You can always say to people, I can tell what your priorities are in life. If I talk to you for five minutes and you show me your bank account, I'll be able to tell you what your priorities are. Okay? So I'll just listen to you. Just say, tell me about yourself and show me your bank statement. I'll be able to see what everyone's priorities are. Or you would be able to see if you looked at someone else's, you know. And there is something that happens... Where, where we come into church, we treat it more like a library. It's a very odd thing. And I don't know, I, don't, I think it's a religiosity. That, and people say this, and I, I, if I've had one person say this, over my many years, I must have had a hundred. Oh, I'm just not like that. Not like what? Oh, I, I don't really like to express myself openly. Why not? Oh, I'm shy. Is shy a thing? I'm just I'm putting it out there. I'm just going to offend some people. Is shy a biblical thing? I, d- I don't know. I appreciate that some people are quieter. I, I get it. I'm not criticizing anyone. That's not what my heart is in the least. But there is something that when you hear something in here, you go, yes, like that. And if you think I'm wrong, you find me a silent football terrace in this country. It is wrong that people shout louder for Liverpool, especially the disaster they're having at the moment. It's wrong that they shout louder for Liverpool than they do for Jesus. Can I say, it's a disgrace. That's what it is. And I challenge myself that I'll shout louder over a goal going in than I will over what Jesus has done for me in my life. That's a challenge, right? You don't, again, what you don't see, what you don't see is a goal going in. And let's face it, Liverpool really could do with some right now. You don't see a goal going in, and all the terrorists just going, "Mm. Mm. I'm shy. I'm I'm, I'm shy. Mm." And they all just put their hands behind their back and they nod. Mm. Football terraces know how to worship and the church could really learn a thing or two because it's wired into us and on the football terraces it's allowed to be released and in church it gets contained i'm shy i get embarrassed i'm not naturally like that all that kind of thing there you go that's for that's for free that's for free um Anyway, that's, that's great, isn't it? We've got started. If you're visiting for the first time, then <laughs> welcome. This, this is what it's like. We love it. Um, okay, we've moved on a bit. Where are we? Yeah, somewhere around here. Okay, so today's talk is going to be a little bit like a two-track talk. I, I'm going to be talking to people who who don't know Jesus or like you're just exploring or like mm, like that. And I'm going to be talking to the people who who... Say, yeah, no, I'm following him, you know. So the two are going to run parallel. So if you hear a bit and you think, is that for me? Like, don't worry, it's probably for the other lot. And I, but I'm going to run the two together, okay, at the same time. Hopefully it will make some sense to you. So we're going to go back to this slide here. We love to invite people to partner with us in achieving our aims. So what we're really saying is that first one, let's do this together. So we are interested, one of our aims um, is to reduce the impact of poverty. So we find other people who say, well, I'm I'm interested in reducing the impact of poverty. Do I have to know Jesus to do that? You're like, no, you're good. You're made in his image. You're you're, you're, you're good. Let's let's do this thing together. I mean, sure, to some extent, if they say, I hate Christians and I hate the church. You're like, well, this isn't really going to work, is it? Um, (laughs) But generally, if there's a sympathy there, then, of course, let's, let's do this thing together. Second one. We're a family that embraces a value you can belong without having to believe, etc. And we like to create spaces for people of all faiths or none to do life with us and join the adventure. So what we are really saying in number two is, come and join us. Come and be a part of what's going on. And we never assume that everyone here on a Sunday or at other times in the week, there's hardly any spaces we have as a, as a church family where you could absolutely guarantee that everyone in the room is following Jesus. Hardly any. It would uh, be pretty unusual. And we love it. And then the last one, we believe men, women, children are all of great significance and we don't judge anyone's ability to bring God's kingdom on the basis of age, race, gender. So I could sum these three up in this. Let's do this together. Come and be a part of us regardless of who you are. Let's do this thing together. Come and be a part of us regardless of who you are that really sums up all are invited that's what that looks like but the question is the most important question is why why do we have that in there now if there is one of our 11 culture statements that makes us stand out from many other churches not not it, we're not exclusive in this it is probably this statement number eight Because ever since day one, we have loved to partner with people who don't yet know Jesus. But come on, let's do this thing together. We're interested in doing X. Oh, so am I. Well, let's do this thing together, see how we get on. If it doesn't work, we'll stop. If it does, let's do more of it. This is the reason we do it. Not that one. (laughs) Wow, see? There, that one. For God so loved the world, this is probably considered the most famous Bible verse. If anyone knows any verse in the Bible, they probably know this one. For God so loved the world that he gave Jesus that whoever believes in him won't perish but have everlasting life. So remember, we are saying all are invited. Let's do this thing together. Come and be a part of us. Let's go on this adventure together. Why? This is some of why. God so loved the world he gave Jesus whoever believes in him won't perish etc because God God is it's so hard to define him as just love because that feels like an understatement but God is love and his will is that no one should live a life or die a death separated from him and not knowing him like he it's not just like on his to-do list I I want people to know me, um, but actually right now I'm just dealing with some climate issues and some other things, so that's about number five. It's number one, and it's number one, and then the next day it's number one, and then the next day it's number one, and it's number one, and it's number one, and and it never moves from the position of number one. I want people to know me because I love them and I want that relationship to be reciprocated. I... um, in the Bible, that he's called a number of things, Jesus. He has a number of titles. I'm going to read some of them out to you. Some of them would just sound a bit like jargon, maybe, to you, and you think I don't really know what that means. But that's okay. I'm just going to read them all out. And this is this when I say them all, this is just the first fifty. Jesus is Almighty. He is the Alpha and the Omega, which means the beginning and the end. He is the Amen. He is the author of life. He is bread from heaven, bread of life. He's the chief shepherd. He is the Christ. Christ is not his surname. It is his office. He is the consolation of Israel. He is the deliverer. He is Emmanuel. He is faithful and true witness. He is the gate. He is God. He's good shepherd. He's heir of all things. He is our high priest, the holy and righteous one, the holy one of Israel. He is the horn of salvation. He is the great I am, the king of the Jews, the lamb of God, last Adam. He is the light of the world, the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is Lord, Lord of all, Lord of lords and king of kings, Lord of glory. He is man of sorrow, master, mediator, Messiah. He is the morning star. He is our Passover lamb, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, the prince of peace, rabbi, He is the resurrection and the life. He is the righteous one, the ruler of God's creation. He is the saviour, the son of man, the son of David, the son of the most high. He is our spiritual rock, the way, the truth and the life. He is the word. He is also our advocate. He is our bridegroom. He is the indescribable gift. He is the pearl of great price. He is the rose of Sharon. And so the list goes on and on and on. This is how incredible he is. We are never doing life with other people in the hope that they will join our religion. We want religion to wither and die. That's what we want religion to do, wither and die. Who wants to invite someone into all form and no power? No thanks what a waste of time. The standard answer when someone says, oh yeah, you're religious, aren't you, to me? Because they kind of learn you're a vicar. (laughs) And they say, oh, you're religious, aren't you? And I go, no, no, I hate religion. Great conversation starter, just putting that out there. If anyone says it to you, tell them you hate religion. "I I thought you were a vicar. And they think like Wow! Wow! Are you like one of these renegade ones that turns in on the thing and tries to destroy the thing from the inside? You're like, no, I just hate religion, and you, no, 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 I hate religion. Religion's a set of rules, right? But Jesus is about relationship, and God absolutely adores me, and so I try and respond to Him as best I can, and I love Him, and I follow Him, and that's what that's what it's all about. And oh, i know. sorry, I can't help being enthusiastic, but honestly, if you get to know him, you'd feel the same way. Psalm 139 says that God fashioned you. He created you. He saw you before you were born. His thoughts of you outnumber the grains of sand. I'm going to come back to grains of sand in a minute. But the amazing thing is that there are people who say You just use blind faith to believe that you were created by God. And I say, you have blind faith to believe that you came out of a big bang. We don't like it. Because the theory of evolution has become evolution in all schools. But I want to say, what? My stepdad... Bless him he's not here this morning because he had to have an eye operation this week because of a detached retina that happened. So we've been praying for him and whatever. He had to go into the hospital. I don't even want to describe the operation they did. And he was under local and yes, it was still very painful and to do with sucking out the liquid in the eye and putting gas in and pushing the retina back and hideous. And yet, I don't know that surgeon. For all I know, that surgeon is following Jesus. But if that surgeon isn't following Jesus, then what is that surgeon doing? They work with the eye every single day. How did that possibly come out of an explosion? How did that possibly evolve over time? Because the retina without the lens and without the iris and without the pupil, it's pointless. No one thing works on its own. And as for the nerve at the back that then goes into the brain and it happens to be the right shape and it's under the right pressure, wow, isn't evolution magic? It takes more faith to believe in evolution than it does in a creator. I don't look at an amazing work of art on a wall. No one looks at the Mona Lisa and says, hmm, what type of TNT did they use to create the Mona Lisa? Everyone would go, what? What planet are you on? How could that have come out of an explosion? The veins in our body, put them end to end, they go around the world three times. What a startling coincidence that is. It's just nuts. I love arguing this out with people. Anyway, so the thoughts of us um, from God outnumber the grains of sand. Now, I did a little bit of research into how many grains of sand there are on the earth, right? Um, I got the number wrong earlier um, because I couldn't remember it. Anyway... The answer is, no one's counted. Can I just just point out? No one's actually counted. This is the best guess. 500 quadrillion. Okay, now I don't even know how much quadrillion is. It sounds like a big number, right? You can't say quadrillion. You have to go quadrillion, and then it sounds a bigger number. Um, 500 quadrillion grains of sand. And it says God's thoughts of us outnumber the grains of sand. That's how much he thinks of you every day. He's waiting for you to wake up, because he's waiting for the adventure with you today. John knows you know something else amazing that I discovered? At the same time, I was looking up how many grains of sand there are in the world, and I discovered this. God's thoughts of us outnumber the grains of sand. The grains of sand on the earth is estimated to be only one-tenth of the number of stars in the universe. The amount of sand there is, grains of sand on the earth, 10 times that is considered the best guess at the amount of stars in the universe. Isn't that mental? I love the fact, that I've got a parcel out for delivery, I've just been notified. I love the fact <laughs> that God is ridiculously extravagant. We said this morning in our in our praying this morning, uh, we remembered what a friend of ours said was, you you can never trust God to pour the cream. (laughs) You can never trust him to pour the cream. I love it. It says this, Jesus was going through the towns and villages, preaching and healing. And it says, when Jesus saw the crowds, he was moved with compassion, for they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus loved. He came, he went through the towns and villages, saying the good news about Jesus, healing the sick, etc. And when he saw crowds, generally if I see a crowd, I'm irritated by them. But if I, Jesus, when he sees a crowd, he, he's, it means, I've said before, to have your bowels yearn. That's what that word means. He had compassion on them. It's from here. It's like, a, it's like a, he ached for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without shepherd. So why is it then that all are invited and we do this thing where we say, come on, let's, let's do this thing together. This is why. This is why. Because we want people to see something, I'm going to go with something for a second, in us that is different, radical and attractive. Of course it isn't a something. It is a someone. So... We don't invite people who don't know him to work with us because we're trying to get them into a religion. We're not, we don't do it because we're trying to get people to do anything. We're inviting people to stay close to the fire. To come close to the fire. That they see something or someone in us. They go, you're different. I've never met anyone like you. And we love well, and we invite, and we walk people towards Jesus if they want. Our job is not to coerce, force anything. It's just rude to do that to someone. God doesn't violate people's free will, and we mustn't either. So there's a church, Paul's super church planter, Paul. He went round all over the place. Jesus, gone, up in heaven, leaves the Holy Spirit. Paul comes along. He has an amazing encounter with God and then goes into all these places. He doesn't mean to plant churches. He goes into all these places, tells them about Jesus, and they all start gathering together in an excited rabble. And Paul says, I'm going to have to put someone in charge of this lot or this is going to be a car crash in two years. Um, And so he put people in place. And then what he did, he went on to another place and he wrote back to these churches. And thank you, God, that he did because we have... When we say we have a copy of some of the letters, it sounds like an exclusive, we've got hold of a copy. Um, and that's, what, that's part of what forms some of the New Testament in the Bible. So Paul started a church in Philippi, and then he went somewhere else, and then he wrote back to the church in Philippi. And he said this, My beloved ones, that'll be like the equivalent of you. Just like you've always listened to everything I've taught you in the past, I'm asking you now, keep following my instructions as though I were there with you. Now, listen, you must continue to make this new life fully manifested as you live in the holy awe of God, which brings you trembling into His presence. Now, trembling is sometimes associated with fear, right? That's generally when people will tremble, or you're leaning on the washing machine in the spin cycle, but generally it will be because of fear. But there is a tremble that you fear, you feel when you're in awe. Have you seen people faint when their idol comes, you know, walks along the red carpet and comes and wait, shakes their hand and they faint and that thing? That is what the trembling is. Oh my goodness, it's Jesus! <laughs> that. Yes, yes, yes. I, I. Yeah, that thing. That. That is how we are to live our life. We're encouraged it's the saying live in a holy awe of God. Wow, God. Wow. Wow, when I consider the stars, when I consider the works of your hands, what is man that you're mindful of him? The son of man that you care for him. Psalm 8 or something, somewhere around there. And the Psalms are just a book of mainly David, but not exclusively David, just going, ah. So it says this, uh, God will continually revitalise you, come on, implanting within you the passion to do what pleases him. Here we go, here's some instructions. Live a cheerful life without complaining or division among yourselves. Cheerful life without complaining or division among yourselves. Why? Because then you'll be seen as innocent, faultless and pure children of God, even though you live in the midst of a brutal and perverse culture. (coughs) How about that? He's saying this is some of what will mark you out. The love you have for one another in book of John 15 and here he says you'll be seen as innocent, faultless and pure children of God because you're cheerful, you don't complain and there isn't division among you. And he says you will appear among them among people as shining lights in the universe. Shining light in the universe. Amazing. Now sometimes people, they don't come along to church. We don't feel like church is the end point. Church is the beginning, right? For some people, the beginning's earlier than that. But when people have said to me, are you just trying to get me to come along to church? Well, I'm not trying to get you to do anything, but I think it's a good starting point. Why would you not? You can, you can support Liverpool and never go to a match, you know, but not Liverpool things this morning. Um, I just have to keep mentioning them me in the house of God in the hope that a miracle will happen. Anyway, amen. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, a fellow Liverpool supporter over there. Um, Something's got to happen. So this is the thing, right? Sometimes people don't come to God and they say this thing to me, I'm not good enough. Or they say, you have no idea what I've done. You don't know my story, do you? And I say, no, you don't know mine, do you? We have no idea what other people's stories are, but I do know this. There is not a story on the planet that disqualifies you from coming and knowing God and God wanting to know you. There just isn't one. A number of years ago, I I, I asked a guy, you're like this, I asked a guy, we are going back a number of years within this church, and we were going to do like a uh, like a divorce recovery course we didn't actually do it in the end um, I can't remember why but we were going to I must be going back at least 8 years, 9 years and um, I'd had about 3 women volunteer to be like on the team for running this course but I was literally the solitary bloke I thought I could really do with another fellow with me so I asked this particular guy, I won't say who it is, but if, if you're watching online, you'll know who you are. I asked this particular guy online, uh, this guy, and um, he's hopefully online, and uh, I said, um, Would you be willing? And he said, do you, do you not know my story? I said, No. What, has my wife not told you? No. And he said, Yeah. I'm uh, just a bit of a mess up in that area really like I, I, I've been divorced twice before and whatever and I, I'm not really yeah it's, I'm not really sure I can help and I said do you know my story and he said no I don't think I do I said yeah I was married I was a pastor I was married and uh, that marriage fell apart and I ended up marrying someone who I had actually married to her first husband and I just left it there and there was this stunned silence and then he went yeah alright <laughs> it's not something you're proud of but it's something you say there is nothing that is not redeemable from, from what God God doesn't look and go oh, "Wow, well, I'm out I have no idea what to do with that mess not a clue never he says it's alright I had a plan for that before you were even born. I was already working on the plan for that. So people say, I'm not good enough. You don't know how I've lived. But I would say it doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been, how you've lived, who you've hurt. God is always after you, pursuing you with his incredible love. And I want to finish with this story. I would have shown the video, but um, if we show videos from YouTube then we get pinged um, and we get a slap on the wrist for showing something that's copyrighted and whatever. So I'm going to have to tell you the story instead. And it is Charlie McKesey told the story. Anyone know who Charlie McKesey is? Yeah? The owl, the badger, the dog, the fox, the whatever, that that thing. I've got some of the animals wrong. But that guy, right, him, lovely bloke, top bloke. He, um, he knows Jesus. He attends um, HTB, Holy Trinity Brompton he told this story a couple of years ago. And it was about a friend of his who, interestingly, was a hospital chaplain. And every time... This is the story he tells, and I'll do my best to represent it. This hospital chaplain told Charlie, he said, there was this man. He was so anti-me. And he said, every time I walked anywhere near his bed, he'd do this. (laughs) and follow me and then when I walked back he'd do the same and, and he said just every single time without fail and he said I'd always just smile at him <coughs> he said one day his friend walked past and the man said oi can I have a word sure I, I just want to ask you why you wear that why you wear that white thing and what you believe so the chaplain told him about the love of God, the relationship you can have with him and that you can pray to him. And so the man who was ill, obviously he's in hospital, the man said, well, how do you pray to him? And Charlie McKees' friend said, oh, that's, that's easy. I'll show you. Excuse me. He said, this is how you pray to him. And he got off the chair he was sat on and pulled it right up next to the bed where the man was sat. And he said to him, all you have to do is imagine Jesus is in this chair, loving you permanently, and he knows you. You can talk to him, and you could say anything you like. So what would you say? Oh, brilliant question, by the way. What would you say? And the man said, "Oh, I'd, I'd, I'd probably say that I'm pretty scared. He says, yeah, you can tell him that. He was a pretty fragile man. What else would you say? I'd I'd tell him that I've effed up my life. And he said, great. Well, that's honest. What else would you say to him? "I, I, I don't really know, the man replied. So the chaplain went on to explain that you can be in silence. Or you can just remember he's there and keep talking. You can even listen if you want. Just remember that you're loved. Remember that he died for you. And remember that you're free. The chaplain got up and left. Remember, this is a completely true story. A few days later, he was passing this man's bed and it was empty. He went and inquired at the nurse's station what had happened to the man and was told that sadly he passed away two days after the chaplain was last there he was gutted the staff nurse then said that after the chaplain had left last time the man had been super chatty with everyone about what the chaplain had said and was all bouncy and excited the nurse said he was really overwhelmingly pleased about it all (laughs) as the chaplain walked away the staff nurse called him back and said oh one other thing before you go, you should probably know, and it, it's a bit strange to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. That when we found him in the morning, when we found him in the morning after he'd died, he was found leaning out of the bed with his hips still on the bed, and his chest was leaning on the chair that he'd pulled close, and his arms were wrapped round the back of the chair. The chaplain began to weep as he realised that the man had got it in a nutshell. He'd realised he was loved. The reason we all exist is to love and be loved and this man could rest his whole weight and fragility on Jesus. As can we, because he loves us. Let's stand and pray, you, we? I say, first of all, God, I would oh, I'd love to die that way. Just holding on to you. And then we slip fully into your arms. But God, for the vast majority of us at least, we're not ready to go. There's still life to be lived here. And for those of us that know him we say, I want to know you more. And for those of us that don't know him, there's always the opportunity at any point. We don't need to make a moment of it now, at any moment this week. You can say, okay, I want to get to know you. And let him in. It will cost you everything and yet you gain everything. I thank you, God, that you are so interested in a relationship with us. You burn for it. I thank you for the wonder of your creation that tells us every day wow look what you're up to even the fact that we wake up with breath in our bodies is a marvel what a coincidence there's just the right amount of oxygen in the air thank you God for loving us so extravagantly and thank you that every single person is invited into that same relationship with you. Thank you, God. Thank you for listening to Numa Sunday's podcast. For more information, go to numachurch.uk where you can find more ways to connect with us. Have a great week and remember your are loved.